Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So today in episode 74, I'm going to talk about why I'm not voting for president in the 2020 election. But before we get into why I'm not doing that and why I want to maybe encourage you to think about not doing that, I want to play this clip uh, from the classic comedy Brewster's Millions starring Richard Pryor, classic comedy movie, in which Richard Pryor runs for office to encourage people to vote for, quote-unquote, none of the above. So let's listen. I want to thank you for coming out today to see to it that neither my opponents nor me win the election. I want to ask the question. Who's buying the booze? You So I believe that this particular uh, part of Brewster's Millions kind of resonates with all of us a little bit. Um, In the movie, Richard Pryor realized that none of the political candidates running for mayor in his city was anybody he would want to vote for. He kind of thought both of them were bums, that they were morally corrupt, uh, intellectually bankrupt, and just not anybody that he would want to represent him in office. And feeling like so many people do in which you have to quote-unquote go to the polls and hold your nose as you pull the lever and vote for one of the two political candidates that you've been given a choice for, he decided to kind of break the mold and said, hey, instead of voting for these jokers, let me encourage you to vote for none of the above. And that's the platform that he ran on, none of the above. It's a funny movie. I hope you've enjoyed seeing it. I, I click to a fuller clip uh, in the uh, show notes if you want to check it out at jamiestable.com for Brewster's Millions or you can just look it up on YouTube or I'm sure it's available on Netflix or Amazon uh, if you want to watch it. Um, But, you know, so this kind of has inspired uh, today's episode because when it comes to the upcoming 2020 presidential election, I just find myself kind of bummed. I feel like that both Republican and Democrat parties have failed to offer America a candidate that I could possibly back. Um, I believe both Joe Biden and Donald Trump to be deeply flawed presidential candidates, each in both different ways. Um, And in truth, I think, you know, most Americans are probably of that perspective as well. And while one... Uh, side of the spectrum might find the other candidate deeply flawed for different reasons. Um, I think we can both admit, can't we? Can't we just be honest and admit both Joe Biden and Donald Trump stink? I know, shh, that might upset some people. 
And some of you might say, well, of course Donald Trump is an awful human being and he stinks. I agree with you on that, but you know, he doesn't stink as bad as Joe Biden. And some of you are like, well, of course Donald Trump stinks, but uh, Joe Biden stinks worse. And round and round and round we go with, I think, the most silly of arguments for people to vote on why they are going to vote for and support the candidate that they find a little less fishy. Um, you know, when both fish are bad at the seafood restaurant that are being offered, you don't eat either. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, that should be kind of your voting philosophy for if all you have to choose is rotten, stinky fish, well, then you just choose to go hungry, right? Um, and that's kind of my perspective that I'm wanting to bring to you today. However, that's my perspective. But I just want to, even if you don't quite buy my perspective of voting for none of the above, um, which I hope you do, um, I hope to at least stir you to better think about who you're voting for and why today. Because um, at the end of the day, um, voting is a deeply personal thing. Um, it involves us making our own individual calculus as to who we're going to vote for and why. And instead of getting into a debate over specific policies or character issues or mentalities or anything like that regarding any of the candidates running for president today, I simply want to help you think about why you're voting for who you're going to vote for, whoever that ends up being. And no, I don't believe you're going to hell if you vote for Joe Biden. And no, I don't believe you're going to hell if you vote for Donald Trump. Um, if you choose to vote for either candidate, you know, <laughs> that's fine. It really is. And I have no problem with people voting for either candidate. I know that might upset some people who are just so full of vitriol that they have to say, No, you can't vote for the other guy. He's so repugnant. But I digress. Um, I'm really here to have an adult conversation with people who'd like to think. Uh, so if you're not an adult and you don't like to think, well, I hope you stop listening to this podcast because I'm not going to say anything that could convince you otherwise. Um, and, uh, you know, you're just a poo-poo head. <laughs> uh, so anyway. So why do people vote for who they vote for? At the end of the day, most people, has been my experience, Mindlessly vote straight party. They vote for Republican. They vote for Democrat. And no matter which candidate is running for which office, you know, they, they're going to vote the jersey. They're going to support the Republican or support the Democrat because, well, that's what they've always done. And that's what they have historically done. And it doesn't matter how great or how bad that individual candidate is. At the end of the day, as long as they're wearing the right jersey, that's who they're going to vote for. Um, and it doesn't matter how much that, that candidate um, departs historically from political norms associated with that party, um, either with the ideology of that party or the values and character of candidates that that party typically puts forward. At the end of the day... Uh, they're going to vote Republican or they're going to vote Democrat. And they're always going to do that because they're much more interested in getting their team into the finals <laughs> and into office at the end of the day. Uh, they want their team to win. And 
they're just voting for along tribalistic identities. Their identity as an individual is so hardcore Republican or so hard Democrat that they can't possibly imagine voting for somebody or not voting for somebody who doesn't fit um, into what that party traditionally represents. They're just going to vote R or D and walk away. And uh, they're going to be intellectually lazy at the end of the day. Uh, to them, voting is much more about tribal identity. Um, it's much more about the social aspect of their political ideology. Because my parents were Republican, or my parents were Democrat, or, or what have you. Um, and it's, it's less and less about ideology, and it's more about just being a useful idiot for the powers that be. Um, <laughs> and that's what it boils down to. And that's where a lot of people are. And, you know, frankly, that's where some of you are. Um, and I kind of trying to like it, um, to, you know, how people choose what professional sports franchise they're going to back at the end of the day. It's kind of like Chicago Cubs fans. And I say this as a Chicago Cubs fan, as a multi-generational Chicago Cubs fan, as, as people who have Chicago Cub fans running in their blood. Although some of the family likes the Chicago White Sox. Uh, we're a house divided, what can I say? Um, but, you know, as a Cubs fan, if, if you don't really track with baseball, you may be aware that for over 100 years, the Chicago Cubs never won a World Series. I know individuals who lived and died and lived entire long 70, 80 plus year lives. And they never once saw the Chicago Cubs win anything. But that didn't stop them from passionately rooting for the home team. Um, and even though most years the Cubs stunk and they stunk badly, at the end of the day, they sang the seventh inning stretch with Harry Carey as a proud Chicago Cub patriot. That they root, root, root for the home team. For if they don't win, it's a shame. You know, and you know, the shame of not winning didn't keep them from rooting for the home team regardless. At the end of the day, it just ended up being a shame, right? Uh, now, the Chicago Cubs did eventually come around. Uh, and a couple of years ago, they did surprisingly win a World Series. And, uh, you know, but for years, the, the motto as a Chicago Cubs fan was, well, there's always next year, right? <laughs> And we could always cling to the fact that maybe one day the Cubbies would win. Um, and so it came as quite of a shock when the Cubs actually won the World Series. But hey, all those years of losing, decades of losing, a century of losing, didn't keep people from saying, well, you know, maybe I should find another team because my team, they kind of stink. <laughs> and they stink pretty badly. And they stink pretty consistently. Well, they still rooted for the Cubs. And eventually that, you know, zeal for the Cubs was eventually rewarded. Um, they were true fans through and through. But, you know, that kind of reminds me of how we treat our politics at the end of the day. No matter how bad our team is. No matter how bad our candidates are. As long as they wear the jersey that starts with an R. Or as long as they wear the jersey that starts with a D. We're going to vote for them. And that's simply because our ideology uh, is not, you know, we're not voting based off purely ideology. We're simply voting for them for the same reason that we support the Cubs. 
uh, because that's just the way it's always been, right? <laughs> and you can't imagine voting and supporting for anybody else but the Cubs. Your your identity becomes that of a Cubby um, as a quote-unquote lovable loser. And that's what the Cubs were known for as for, for a very long time. But people supported them anyway. Um, and they... They had to hold their nose on most days that they went to the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. But, you know, they held their nose and enjoyed the game anyway. And that's kind of where I think most people are. When you, if, if you were to ask them how much they like Joe Biden or how much they like Donald Trump, I think most people, even those who plan on voting for Donald Trump or Joe Biden, admit that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are deeply flawed candidates that they don't really truly represent them except maybe on one or two pet issues. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, in spite of having to hold their nose to vote for them at the polls, they're going to vote for them anyway because, well, you know, they're Republican or they're a Democrat. I like to joke with my my uh, family, which is leans diehard Republican for the most part, um, that, uh, you know, they would vote for Hillary Clinton if Hillary Clinton suddenly ran as a Republican. And they, they get very offended at that. And they're like, no, I wouldn't. You know, she's always been a Democrat. And she's nothing but a dirty Democrat and blah, blah, blah. You know, but I kind of remind them, uh, you know, that's what Donald Trump used to be, right? Trump was a dirty Democrat for a long time. And then suddenly he became a Republican. And everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to vote for that guy. Um... So, you know, don't be surprised that no how matter repulsive it is, no matter where the candidate has come from previously, no matter what their political persuasion was pr previously, no matter what their ideology was previously, no matter what their character is like, at the end of the day, people are going to mindlessly vote straight party ticket um, because at the end of the day, it's really about um, tribal identity and power at the end of the day more than it is anything to do with the values and perspectives and views that any political candidate holds to. So with that in mind, you might ask, well, how should you vote? You know, do you have a personal voting philosophy? Have you developed any sort of idea of why you're voting the way you're voting other than they're a Republican or they are a Democrat or they hold to one or two pet issues um, that I happen to think uh, I should vote for, regardless of how terrible a candidate it is. And I think at the end of the day, who you vote for is a highly personalized choice, um, but it should be one that is not done lightly. I believe it requires much soul-seeking, and you, you got to really search yourself. you got to really think, you know, what do I believe politically, and what kind of character do I have? Um, because when you sit there and think about how most people just vote for a single party or that they vote for a candidate who makes promises about one or two particular issues, um, you know, in order to do that, people vote for them and they hold their nose because they feel they have no other choice. But I think this is a terrible philosophy and a terrible way to go about voting for a president or a senator or a congressman or a judge or whatever, you know, individuals are running for whatever positions happen to be opening government. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when you sit there and think about what form of government we have, at the end of the day, America has a representative form of government. 
We are not a pure democracy. Everything that is possibly up for vote doesn't get thrown on a ballot every election and us decide, you know, all the thousand things that there could possibly be to vote on um, and all the legislation. Instead, we choose individual representatives um, to go and govern America on our behalf. So, being that these individuals are supposed to represent us and stand in the place of our vote um, and to represent our political interest, um, you know, I think we should vote for individuals that we believe in our heart of hearts at the end of the day best represent the political interest that we hold to our hearts. Whatever those um, political interests happen to be, whether you're left-leaning, whether you're right-leaning, or somewhere in between, at the end of the day, you need to make a concerted effort to vote for the individual who best represents you as an individual. Um, you should vote for the individual that you believe that would govern in the same way that you would govern if you were instead placed in office. You need to vote for the individual who represents you um, and the way you would act, the way you would behave, um, and the way you would draft and vote for legislation. Um, you should vote for the individual who's going to stand up there on your behalf and represent whatever it is that you ultimately value. Because we have a representative form of government, and if you instead vote for a particular candidate simply because they hold one issue um, or they wear a particular jersey, at the end of the day, you're throwing away your vote. And you're voting for somebody that doesn't represent you. And you're actually voting for somebody who cancels um, <laughs> your perspective uh, when it comes to governing in the way you would like to, the world to be governed and to support legislation that you would like to see supported. At the end of the day, the politicians we elect are supposed to serve on our behalf. They're supposed to represent our interest, whatever those interests might be. Um, if, if, you know, your interests happen to be, um, you know, democratic socialism and taking care of the least of these, or if your interests happen to be highly individualistic and you think everybody should be able to live in a laissez-faire sort of government in which there's little to no regulation over the day-to-day -day affairs and, and there's no sort of uh, social welfare programs and things of that nature, at the end of the day, whatever your perspective is on those topics, you make sure that those beliefs, those values, and the character which you would have them to govern with. Um, so whoever you vote for, we should vote for the politicians who more or less represent us and the interests that we have in our hearts. Of course, at the end of the day, no candidate is perfect. I've yet to ever vote for a candidate that I thought perfectly represented my political perspectives, or had a character that was exactly in keeping with mine. Although there have been some that were uh, pretty close, I think, at times, um, depending where I was in my own political perspective. Um, but, you know, that's okay if they don't perfectly represent your values and your interests on every single issue. Um, and I think it would be unreasonable for us to ever expect that any individual out there looking to run for office would perfectly represent um, what we do or what we want 100% of the time. Um, we're all grown up to recognize that we're all different. 
Um, but at the end of the day, that there are a lot of complex decisions to be made and that sometimes we might would have to concede some compromises on some particular issues. Um, hopefully those compromises would be on lesser issues. Um, but at the end of the day, we recognize that we're not always going to get what we want. Um, but, you know, we should still strive to, uh, you know, form a quote-unquote more perfect union. Um, and even if we can't get exactly what we want, you know, if we can nudge the dial of uh, politics the way we want it to go, and for the pendulum to swing the direction we want it to swing, I think that's a good thing. Um, but at the end of the day, we should closely assess as best as possible the candidate's character, their values, and their positions. And we should ultimately feel comfortable with whoever we throw our support behind. Um, we should never, in my opinion, make a vote simply to cancel out the vote of the other guy. Um, to say, well, I just hate the other guy so much that I'm going to vote for this guy um, because he's not as terrible as the other guy. I think that's a terrible voting philosophy. And again, it amounts to throwing away your vote. Um, of course, everybody at the end of the day is going to have to make their own personal level of mathematical calculation. They're going to have to do their own calculus. And, and I know, we don't like math and we don't like calculus. Uh, well, at least I don't. Um, maybe you like calculus. I know some people who went to, to uh, college to study math and get a math degree, so maybe they really like calculus. Um, but at the end of the day, a candidate should pass the smell test. If you have to hold your nose to vote for somebody, that tells me right there that whatever mathematical formula that you're using in your head, that that person doesn't pass that calculus in your head. Um, and that they're ultimately not representing you and your interest and your values and your perspectives and your policies and how you would like to see the world governed. Um, you know, I don't care if the sushi restaurant down the street is offering you two choices of sushi and uh, both of them stink. You still don't eat the rotten sushi, right? We can agree on that, right? You don't eat the rotten sushi. No, It's not a matter of, well, this one's not as rotten as the other. No, they're both rotten sushi, so you don't eat the rotten sushi. You choose, rather, to go hungry. And, you know, when it comes to voting, I believe we need to take the, that same perspective. If none of the candidate, candidates that are running for office, we believe ultimately represent us, then we shouldn't vote for them. We should walk away from all of them, we shouldn't throw our money towards them, we shouldn't throw our vote towards them, we shouldn't campaign on their behalf. You shouldn't have to vote for somebody and hold your nose in order to do so. Because at the end of the day, such is not a representation of you. So remember, always to simply vote for the candidate that best represents you and your interests. You're going to vote for the person who would govern like you would govern if you were there to do it. But because you're not interested in, in governing or because you have a 9 to 5 job and you don't want to give that up and you don't want to be a politician. Um, since we do have a representative form of government, vote for the person that represents you. And if they don't, then don't vote for them. Because otherwise, you're truly wasting your vote and throwing your vote away. And it's because of this perspective that I have developed this philosophy of voting 
that when it comes to the upcoming 2020 election, I simply find myself unable to vote either for Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I simply can't do it. Now, I'm going to vote on the election, and my ballot's going to be incomplete. I'm just simply not going to vote for president. I still plan on voting for some Senate and Congress and governor races here uh, in North Carolina. And uh, I don't plan on voting for any of the judges. I know some of you vote for judges in some states, uh, like we do here in North Carolina. Some of you don't get the opportunity to do that. Can I encourage you when you vote um, in the upcoming election, don't just simply randomly punch the buttons uh, to vote for the judge that you want to see win. Um, I choose not to ever vote for any of the judges because... Trying to decide who to vote for for judge is almost always impossible because they try to constantly appear as neutral as possible on all things and they all kind of sound the same. So unless you're really in the know and the up and up of what a political uh, or what a particular individual is like as a judge and their personal judicial philosophy, um, you know, you're probably never going to be able to vote intelligently. Um, so if you can't vote intelligently for a particular office, um, like if somebody's running for the local dog catcher position and you have no idea what makes a good dog catcher and what a good dog catcher platform and value should be other than, hey, they should catch the dogs. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you shouldn't vote for the local dog catcher. Just a thought. And for that reason, I don't vote for local judges because, well, I have no idea who any of the judges are. It's often almost impossible to tell. Um, but anyway, I digress. But when it comes to the upcoming presidential election, I find both Joe Biden and Donald Trump morally, intellectually, spiritually bankrupt. Um, I don't find either candidate mentally, emotionally, or morally fit to govern. And as far as I can discern, neither Trump nor Biden seem to have much of an ideological center that they operate from. Um, they may have a few political perspectives that they seem at least pretty consistent about um and you know those may be worth looking into depending on your perspective of things however i find that uh both candidates largely hold perspectives that i'm at odds with um some of them both trump and biden do have perspectives that do appeal to me but overall the amount of agreement that i have with uh, either candidate doesn't even pass 50% um, when it comes to either. Um, and as a result, since both candidates repulse me, since both candidates would require me to hold my nose to vote for either, um, and no matter what math I do, I don't believe either of them represents me or my political interest. Therefore, I'm simply not going to throw my support behind either. And I will sleep well at night. If there's a way that both candidates could somehow lose, <laughs> and I hope that happens. I hope, you know, come January, uh, when we swear in the next president of the United States, I hope we're unable to do so. Um, but at the end of the day, to vote for either would require me to hold my nose and compromise my perspective on things. And since I find both of them um, pretty repugnant, I'm simply not going to vote for Donald Trump or Joe Biden in the upcoming election. Now, you may not do that. You may decide, you know, Joe's my guy or Donald's my guy. And that's cool. You know, vote for the guy that best represents you. Um, but if you're kind of like me and you kind of find yourself um, in the politically homeless camp and as an evangelical Christian, I increasingly find myself 
in the politically homeless camp. And, and by the way, I would highly recommend you check out uh, the show notes in which I link to um, one of the podcasts I did previously on the battle cry of a politically homeless Christian, episode 26, jimmystable.com. Um, you know, since I find myself at so at odds with both presidential candidates and both of them to be pretty polarizing individuals who just, you know, at the end of the day are just both dirt bags um, and dirt bags on different levels. Um, I'm not going to vote for them. And I know that may upset some of you. you. You're sitting there thinking because you can't get past the tribalism, because you can't get past the polarization, because you can't get past the identity issues. You're just like, oh my gosh, how can he be that way? You know, it's isn't it so obvious why Joe Biden's such a better person? Donald Trump is the worst president ever. How could you ever not vote for the guy that's running against him? You know, it's the equivalent of running against Hitler. You always vote for the guy that's running against Hitler, right? You know, I'm sorry, folks. I don't have time to play such political games. Uh, and I'm sorry that if you have such a perspective, um, can I just say so kindly but boldly and gently, you're living in a pretty warped world. <laughs> uh, and you don't have a grip with reality. You're simply blinded uh, to the political left or you're simply blinded to the political right. Um, and you don't have your fingers ultimately on the pulse of actually what's going on anywhere. Um, so let me tell you just to, uh, kindly get a grip, um, and, uh, you know, maybe do some real soul searching and real looking at things, um, from a perspective that involves reality, <laughs> um, because all you're doing is wearing the Jersey and that's all it is. Um, and, uh, I pity people who do nothing but wear jerseys. It's a sad place to be. And it's a place I used to live, by the way. So I'm not simply throwing shade in some sort of self-righteous way. I grew up in a household in which my dad encouraged me. Jimmy, remember, when you vote, vote for the Republican of your choice. And that was very much my perspective for much of the years. And as my dad's follow-up question or follow-up statement was, um, remember, when voting for the Republican of your choice, if there's more than one, it's your lucky day. <laughs> um, so... You know, and, you know, I, I, I will say I still lean somewhat Republican. I consider myself kind of a, a classical liberal, and not in the Democrat sense. I mean a classical liberal more in the philosophical sense. Um, but I know some of you don't understand what that is. So, you know, maybe if I could put it in any political perspective, it would actually be a much more libertarian-leaning um, perspective. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the libertarian candidate's not giving me much to get excited about either. And, you know, I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that because I realize that ultimately at the end of the day, we're just voting on president, folks. We're not voting on the king of the universe. Um, the king of the universe is Jesus Christ. Um, and the kingdom of God is where all my hopes and dreams and energies are ultimately focused on anyway. And while I think, you know, politics is very important, and as a Christian that we do have um, a place to play at the political table, I've ultimately realized for me that uh, neither the left nor the right are ideologies or perspectives or candidates or parties that I can simply get behind lock, stock, and barrel. They're just not. But, you know, if you're in a different place and you think, well, you know, Joe Biden's policies really make a lot of sense to me or Donald Trump's policies make a lot of sense to me and I really like the way they govern, 
Well, by all means, vote for that individual. Vote for Biden. Vote for Trump. But let me just encourage those of you who really feel like you're having to hold your nose to vote and that you had to hold your nose to vote at the last election and you should and you had to hold the, your nose to vote at the election before that, let me just put it out there. Demand better of your candidates. Demand that the parties actually put up better candidates than the ones that they always put up. Um, and don't be afraid to abstain from voting if necessary. Um, or at, you know, times maybe even vote for the third party candidate, even if there's not a chance in Hades that they're going to win. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not about winning. You know, we love to win politically. We love our sports teams uh, to win. And I wish the Chicago Cubs would win more often than they have. Um, but uh, it's about voting for the candidate that best represents you and refusing to vote for those who don't. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 74, Why I'm Not Voting for President in 2020. I hope I've given you something to think about. I've been a little pointed on some issues. Um, so I hope you take that all with a grain of salt. I do mean it all in uh, a great spirit of grace, even if I have to kind of get a little pointy and poke somebody in the eyeball, as uh, Keith Larson would say. Um, <laughs> but anyway, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, Google and wherever other place podcasts are broadcast. Um, be sure to leave your five-star review um, wherever you're allowed to leave five-star reviews. And be sure to share this podcast with others, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Have a good day, everybody. God bless and take care. Air smudge.